Hey friends, Andy Jenkins here. I'm at the offices of Transformation Ministries in Birmingham, Alabama with my friend Rock Hobbs, who is the founder, CEO, executive director, chief encourager, all of those things. We do three things here. Number one, counseling, specifically crisis-focused counseling is the forte. Number two, the Transformation School of Ministries. And number three, prayer ministry. Those are the three things that, goodness, the staff here does those extremely well, Rock. Uh, so let's let's talk. You've got something on your heart that you wanted to discuss today. And, and I think this one's going to be on a lot of people's mind as we enter in a holiday season. Right. Particularly, that always highlights relationships and every other type of thing. So... Yeah. Um, you know, holidays always seem to be uh, the time when if you have someone in your family that's a loved one that's struggling with just life, you know, yeah, uh, making bad choices uh, for Christians, it's somebody that's not um, kind of walking or living out their life, you know, in that in a in a godly way. And, uh, you know, when young people all go out there and they go to college and they have to kind of learn things for themselves and they make some bad choices and. A lot of times that ends up um, things with addictions and, and all that, but it could just be the uh, very rebellious type um, nature of relationship between a parent and a, and a son or a daughter. Um, we just kind of many times refer to that as uh, parenting prodigals. And um, when, you, when you get to the place where you're thinking about parenting prodigals, that's when they come home. You know, when they're far, when they're out to college, when they're out doing their thing, yeah, you you know they're doing it. You don't really don't have control over it. But all of a sudden, when they're back living in your house as an adult child, it can start to cause a lot of tension and problems in um, in the family dynamics, and especially if there's younger kids that are still at home. Yeah, and you're trying to set an example, and you know have your home represented in a godly way, and now you got this adult child that's kind of doing their own thing. How do you deal with that? I have so many families that come in for help asking, what do I do? How do I do it? Well, that, that's a tough transition anyway. Even if the child isn't doing something wrong, mm-hmm. you know, Beth and I have uh, four kids now that are 18 and older. Wow. And, and no, <laughs> five of them that are 18 and older, mm-hmm. one of them just notched up that all live in their own place. Mm-hmm. And when we step into a holiday season and for whatever reason, when some of them are there, you know, for two, three, four nights and, and we love the kids, get along with the kids. There's no relational issues right. with the kids, but even when they come home, it's, it's a little odd because mm-hmm. we have the way we run things mm-hmm. and then they have the way they run things. Right. They're adults and the way we run, the way they run. Right are difficult to fit together anyway. I can imagine it's much more difficult when you've got somebody that says, hey, no, 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 I've I've made a completely different lifestyle choice, headed in a completely different direction. What do you do? Yeah. Well, I think that what the Lord showed me is the biblical principle is that when you're talking about adult children now, is that um, you can't really control the lifestyle choices, the decision-making of that child except for when they are in the one place that you do control, and that's your home. So you can't control them, but you can control your house. That's right. Okay. And you can set boundaries within in your home of what and expectations of what you want for the people in your home. So learning how to um, let go 
of worrying about your children and being anxious about some of their lifestyle choices and things that they're doing when they're away uh, is one of the things you want to we want to talk about. But the second thing is is how do I set those boundaries and establish those boundaries in my home with those children when they do come into my house, and especially if they decide for a while they're going to live in your house. Right. So that's the classic. I've got a 28 year old that doesn't have a job living in my basement and I'm paying for everything and he's wanting to stay out all night or she's wanting to party every all night and not work and, and it's just not doing the right things. And, um, you, how do I deal with that? So that's a distinction there because yeah. somebody coming to visit you for a weekend or right. two or three days, that's different. So you're yeah. talking about their long-term and while they're there long-term might have some different choices than, right. than how you would do we have. deal with it? Because most of the time, uh, if there's frictions in the home in relationship on the short term, coming home for Christmas, and they're going to leave in four days, yeah, most parents can probably just, just put up with it over, you know, try to deal with it. But if they're living with you, you may try to do the same way of handling it until after about the third month or so. You're it just starts to build frustrations. It's normal, right? Yeah, it's going to happen, right. and, and it starts to they start to hurt you because they are not doing the things that you're asking them to do, or at least living up to the expectations of the rules of the house. Well, and it's, and it's, you got to remember, like it's, it's your house. Right. It's not, if right. you were going to their house, it'd be totally. Okay. So what advice, at least get us started. I know this one is a, you know, a multiple conversation right. type thing, but. I think my, my thoughts are during the holidays is when a lot of the tensions can come. I mean, when a lot of, even maybe, um, you have a, a son or a daughter that's an adult child living with you and uh, they've got a job and they're at least they're working and they're doing what you know, you've asked them to do, but they're making choices to um, do drink a lot. Maybe I'm not saying they can't drink, but I mean, they're, they're getting problem drinking or they're doing drugs, which is illegal. And it's starting to carry over into your home where you know that maybe they've got it in, in their room or that they're um, coming home drunk and doing things, whatever those kinds of things are, to where now the peace that God wants to be in their home is no longer in the home because of the actions of that child. If that child was not there, then the husband and wife would be at peace together. The marriage is good. And what I see many, many times is that a great Christian marriage between a a man and a woman, and they've got uh, maybe even some younger kids still at home. Everything's going well. There's a lot of harmony and order in the home until that older child starts living at home. And then there starts to become chaos or dysfunction or anger or frustrations. And that's when things all start falling apart. And that's what the enemy wants to do, right? Yeah, so the peace. maybe a good pause right there is if somebody's feeling that tension right now, that's right. just let them know. Hey, that like this happens. You're you're not alone. You're not the only one that's been through that. There are other exactly. people that have experienced that. So there are some things you can do. There are some tools you can use to go forward. Yeah. Just you're not crazy. Th right. This isn't. Uh, you, you, it's not that you've done a bad job parenting. It's not that. Yeah. So what I do you, think, what do, you I do? Think, and plus, I, I, when I'm talking to parents, I just want to say, you know, you think you're the only one that's got this wayward child at your house. Um, and you're kind of maybe even embarrassed about it. That's not true. There's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of families struggling 
with um, the, the, the destructive nature of having an adult child that's kind of like in a rebellious mode living yeah. in your home. And so that was my heart because holidays tends to get it going. It tends to be like a kindling fire for the problem because, you know, it's supposed to be a festive, you know, Christmas, holidays, New Year's, and people always go in an excess anyway. Yeah. So that's where it kind of really starts to disrupt the family during the holidays if there is a problem. Well, and you got some of these kids. Are, are, you know, I remember one of, one of my girls, uh, you know, she gets home. She, she lives in town now, but when she would come home from out of town, it was like, she had 18 people that she wanted to see mm-hmm. in a two day period. So like, I mean, her plan is basically, she's just going to stay up all night and just mm-hmm. go like, you know, she's going to make the circuit. Right. So the holidays tend to highlight those type of things too. It's not like everybody just comes in and it's just, it's just chill. Right. It's everything is up. Right. And you know, that's part of the holiday festivities and people coming back and catching up with people. Um, the key, the, I think the key difference is when the child begins to um, act out to the place where they're dishonoring you as the parent and going against principles or um, boundaries that you've set in terms of staying at their home. Um, that's the one that we're really, uh, I feel like I'm trying to address right now. So that would be parenting the prodigal um, versus just, just anybody. dealing with yeah. the kids coming home for so, whatever. Because all the kids come home, they want to see everybody. It seems like, did you come home to see us or did you, or you just want to live here and, you know, like we're a free hotel and you're just going to see yeah. all your friends. So we got to kind of take self out of that one. Hey, they've grown up. They're not your, they're not their little kid anymore and they got a life to live. So yeah. So let, let them, <laughs> let them do it. Um, so, so let's talk about the, just to clearly state it, what do you do when you have kids that are in that rebellion cycle of, of any form? Right. Well, the first thing I always tell parents when they come in is that you need to realize that because the, the, the choices that they're making, they're, whatever it is that they're doing that's causing this problem, it's not your fault. It's not that you're a bad parent. Now, don't get me wrong. Some parents are bad parents. Some parents have caused a lot of hurt and things in the relationship. But most of the time when I'm dealing with um, couples that have really tried to be good parents and they have three great uh, kids as far as their behaviors and maybe walking with the Lord and stuff, and then they've got the one trouble one. And they go, what did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? And they, and they kind of, if I, only if I had changed this, or if I had done something else different, maybe that they wouldn't be making these choices. And the truth of the matter is, um, it's not your fault. Don't think that it's your fault uh, or that you did, did something wrong as the parent. Um, I always, uh, you know, kind of look at like Jesus had 12 disciples. And he loved them for three years. He walked with them. He taught them and everything. They did miracles. And then Judas betrayed him. What did Jesus do wrong? He didn't do anything wrong. It's just the devil is out there. There's The world is corrupt. People's nature is corrupt. And sometimes children make bad choices and they go the wrong way. It's not that you weren't a good parent. The question is, now how do I deal with that now that they're living in my basement? Right. What am I going to do now? Yep. And the thing is, is you have to remember one, one criteria I tell parents over and over and over again is you are not going to get to the place where you have to kick your child out of your house because that's what the child wants it to end up being and becomes the leverage that they're going to use against you 
you don't love me if you kick me out of this house. And the truth of the matter is, you don't control those kids in their life anywhere where they're living or doing, wherever they're doing things, but you do control your domain and that's your home. And All right. You can set those boundaries. So how do you set a boundary where there's going to be a kid that comes in and it's not going to be an environment where just anything goes, but they continue reacting against right. the rules you've set, mm-hmm. whatever those are. You know, you got to wear a red shirt, whatever the rule is, or you got to be in it X time, or you can't bring certain, whatever the rule is. You, I'm assuming you get to decide. It's specific for you because you're the parent, but they rebel against that. How do you not kick them out? Right. So the first thing you have to realize is that God's most, the most important thing in God's eyes, dealing with your family in terms of the father, the mother, the children, and the home, the, the, the functioning of the home, the most important thing in God's eyes is the marriage of the husband and wife. It's the covenant relationship between a man and a woman. That is the highest priority in God's eyes in that home. And in God's eyes, he wants that marriage to be blessed. He wants that marriage to have peace. He wants there to be harmony and, and, and blessings in their home. That's God's desire. The kids are peripheral. They're, they're downstream. That's not the priority. So the most important thing as a parent when I'm dealing with a child that's, that's disrupting the harmony of the home is what is it that he's doing or she's doing that's causing all this dysfunction or this, this chaos or what's hurting you? Why is it, why is there a problem in their behavior or what they're doing? And um, once you start looking at that as a couple, now you sit down and you have to say, all right, we need to make a decision on what's acceptable for us and what's not acceptable for us in terms of the behavior of this adult child living in our basement. So I always just encourage them, just um, when you get to the place where you're coming in to see a counselor, where there's just so much problems and you don't know what to do and you've tried everything and you've gone to counselors and all the other different things, I say what you need to do at this point is you got to set a new base. You got to go to ground zero and start a whole new conversation. And you have to set down with that child or that adult child, young man or young woman, and say, look, you know, we're done telling you what to do. You know, we've been telling you quit doing drugs or quit drinking or yeah, you got to get a job and you got to get this, you got to do that. And we tell you all these things that you have to do. We're done doing that. We're done. We've been to counseling. We've been praying about this. We've been seeking the Lord. And today uh, we just want to sit down and chat with you because we're going to tell you now what we're willing to do. And then you make a choice. Okay. You choose. Okay. So, so you outline to them, I'm guessing, the expectations you have for people that are going to stay in your house. Mm-hmm. So you're not kicking them out. It's like they decide That's right. if they're you're empowering them to, mm-hmm. number one, do whatever they want to do because they're, they're adults. They get mm-hmm. to live with those ramifications, good and bad. Number two, you're letting them decide if they stay or if they go, knowing that if they stay – Here's the criteria. That's right. So what are some examples of criteria that you would have? Yeah, so I would say you get a yellow pad, a cup of coffee, and you and the the husband and the wife sit down one day with the yellow pad, and you write these down. What would be the things 
that we would ask our son or daughter to do that would um, allow them to be here and we would just not be walking on eggshells. We would be glad that they're coming home at night. We wouldn't be worried about what they're doing. What would that look like? What were the, what's the criteria that, that you know would make that work? And um, it's gonna be different for everybody because some people don't have the financial means to say, well, I don't mind paying for their car payment and their insurance and their phone and all that as long as they're working and they're not um, you know, coming home late and we have certain hours that we need to go to sleep by and we can't sleep if they're out. So they got, you know, during the week, they have to have reasonable hours and you set all those things down. What are the things that would allow you just to have peace at home? Yeah. So what are those? So in a, with a yellow pad, you write all those things down and then you figure out what are the options that I'm going to offer my child from the number one option all the way down to the last option where you're going to say you can't live here anymore and they're going to have to choose on that. So you write down and let's just say that the person, let, normally we're, we're talking about extremes. So someone's got a drug problem, got an alcohol problem or some kind of a, an issue. And so the first option might be, I'm going to just set down all of the parameters of our boundaries. So we would love to have you stay, keep staying with us, but you need to have a job. You need to be able to, in three months, pick up, you know, paying for your own insurance. Um, we don't want you, you can't use drugs. You got to get, you know, free from the drugs. And, um, and we don't want, uh, we want you to do a few things around the house, like take the trash out. Whatever, whatever those things yeah, are. Yeah, whatever it is. That, that you list that to them. That's number one. Number two, if, if, you don't, if you don't think that's possible and you don't want to stop doing drugs and maybe you have a drug problem, we'll offer to pay for you going to rehab. And then if you don't have enough money, then we'll say, we'll, we'll help you find a rehab where you can go. What, so everyone has to kind of figure their, what they can afford to do, what they're willing to do, what they're okay to do. If, that, if that's, the, that's like the second one, then the third one would be, well, if you're not willing to do that and um, you're not going to get a job, then I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll help you join the military. We'll, we'll help you get into the Army or the Marines or some, one of the military things. If you don't really want to do that, we'll help you do something like the Peace Corps for maybe a year or get into something. If, you, if you're really not able to do any of that and you still want to be able to stay out late and you still want to party, then you're just going to have to find another place to live and you can do that, but you just can't do it here. And you have to, you, you know, you just can't live here if you're choosing that lifestyle. You can, but you just can't do it and live here. So the question is, son or daughter, you choose. There's, I just gave you six options, six things. What would you, what do you want to do? And of course, their first reaction when you present that to them is going to be, whoa, that's not fair. You're kicking me out. I said, no, 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 I'm not kicking you out. You're choosing that one. That's the, that's way down at the bottom. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the least that, preference. That's the least preference. We, we said you're welcome to stay here if, as long as you do these. Because as for me and my wife, we'll, we will serve the Lord. This is our home. And I can't control what you do outside of my home, but I can control, according to God's word, what you do in my home or as you're living in my home. And so we love you. And we just, we're just, we're done telling you what to do, son or daughter. We're, we're just saying, which you choose. What do you want to do? Well, that's a great approach there. Cause it, like what you're saying is you're not as a parent under obligation to basically put an adult child on life support. That's right. You, you have the freedom, you have the ability 
to set some healthy boundaries, uh, you know, and here's the parameters whereby you could stay. This child who's an adult, right. uh, no adult could go get a lease uh, at any apartment complex or stay anywhere else without following certain guidelines. You go to a right. public pool, there's certain rules. You go right. to a, the shopping mall, there's certain guidelines. So they stay in your house. There's also certain no, and one of the things, one of the options on your list could be um, if you do want to work, but you want to be able to drink and party or stay out late and stuff like that, then uh, we'll we'll be glad to help you get into an apartment complex. We'll we'll um, pay the first month's rent for you or whatever to get you set up. And oh, by the way, um, if you choose to do that, you don't have to do it tomorrow. We're, we don't want to pull the rug out from underneath. So you know, we, you got a couple weeks. You got to give them a specific time date, but that's when they have to make the decision to go ahead and go, and and then you help them. If you don't financially, if you financially can't do that, then you don't offer that. Just right. say, um, you know, if you don't want, if you can't follow our number one offer, then and you move to the second offer, you're just going to have to find your own apartment. You're going to have to do it. That's what adults do in this world, right? Um, everywhere else, and it's not that we don't love you. It's just that. As for me and my wife, we will serve the Lord. And there's nothing in the Bible that talks about parents taking care of their adult children. There's things in the Bible about adult children taking care of their old parents at the end. Yeah. But not about um, the parents taking care of the, the child. The only thing that's absolute is that the child is always bound by covenant relationship, according to God, to honor his father and his mother. And that means the way you choose to live your life to bring them honor. And if you're going to choose a life that dishonors them, you need to do that outside of their eyeballs, outside of their, yeah, know, outside their, their domain or whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's very important to plan that out, though. So before you even talk to your child, you need to write all that down on a yellow pad and have your your four or five things that you're willing to do, option one, option two, option three, because once you start in this conversation with them where most prodigal children, adult children are going to take you is into drama, right? They're going to escalate. They're going to start getting mad. They're going to start saying, you don't love me. They're starting yelling. There's going to be fighting. And the thing is, is then you start getting so caught up in the, in the drama of it, you forget all your plan yeah. and you lose track of things. And so you need to have that all written out. Your head's just spinning. Well, and I imagine part of writing it out, too, is to make sure you and your spouse are on the same page. Exactly. That the decision makers have already agreed as one. They go into that. There's not disagreement. Right. You're a unified front before Uni it. Unity is the key element for a successful couple. Um, in dealing with any kind of uh, relational issues in terms of even the children, they got to be unified and they, they got, so they got to figure this out ahead of time before they go. The best thing you can say is me and mom, uh, this is what I would say. And me and mom have been praying about this and we believe this is what we're willing to do. And then you got to be willing to pull the trigger on it too. And you got to be, you got to be willing to say, okay, you're taking six. You got two weeks, and then you got to be out. Yeah, there. you got to be willing to walk. You get, you got to back this thing up with your yeah. own behavior. If if you, you don't, they will just keep doing it over and over and over again. And that's where I see a lot of parents is they, they, they have the right idea, and even in their heart, maybe they know they're supposed to do something. They can't let them stay there. Yeah, but um, they, they just 
love them so much and they don't want to be a bad parent or maybe they've had bad parents in their life and they swore they'd never be like their parents or you know there's just so many factors and that's what tm's all about we we teach people about how to get healing from some of that so that you can deal with god's love god's love brings discipline discipline is hard proverbs ten seventeen though says that if you believe in in discipline and you don't do it you are le- responsible for leading them astray and or you so, become a willing party to their death is what yeah. Proverbs says in some translations. So, I mean, it's very important to understand that God's love is harder than the world's love. The world's love says, okay, uh, all right, we'll try it again. Or, and there's no discipline in it. Discipline is hard to do because sometimes you have to But And here's our model. Pain plants the flag of reality into the heart of rebellion. And sometimes it's the pain of life that wakes up a young adult child to, hey, I got to change my way. I can't keep going this way. Well, well, there's nothing to say that they take option six or whatever. You know, you probably don't have to have six options, but you got no. three, four, or whatever. They take yeah. they take the worst case scenario. They leave. There's nothing to say that that might not be the tool that God uses Absolutely. turns their heart, mm-hmm. and then you welcome them right back in. Absolutely. Just like we see yeah. Jesus told that story, Luke 15. I mean, and I imagine mm-hmm. parents in that situation going to be doing what that father's doing, standing on the hillside, looking, waiting, mm-hmm. hoping, maybe it's today, right. maybe it's today, maybe it's today, but eventually that could be And I've seen many scenarios needed. where one of the options was you got to go to rehab, Yeah, and they finally go, and God does touch them in the rehab, but they do get some freedom, and then they come back, well, now I'm still, I'm still back in that role of letting them back in the house. We're not really parenting them. We're really fathering and mothering them. But if you're ter- talking in terms of addictions, if that addiction started early in their youth and they were you know, in their teens when all this was started, then maybe even though they're 28 years old, you are parenting a child because they're still emotionally a 15-year-old. Yeah, developmentally. Yeah, developmentally. Yeah. And um, so uh, the term parenting is kind of deceiving when we say parenting prodigals. You're really, once they're an adult, you're you're not going to be a parent to them. You're a father and a mother, and that's what you're going to be all the rest of their life. Right. But um, sometimes you do have to step into that parenting role if they're not emotionally developed. Well, you've you've given some interesting insights here, and I think you framed this entire discussion where people, uh, it's probably brought some relief to them. And so what I want to do is uh, we're we're now out of time, and I think we've got enough to where people have got to wrestle with some of this. Next time we get together, I want to talk about the six principles that um, we can use, that I can teach you on how to deal with that parent, with the prodigal that's living in your basement or okay. that you're having a problem in relationship with. All right, so this is if they stay. Mm-hmm. If they so stay. in the next one, if they stay, six principles of how to deal a- after you planted that flag of reality. Yeah. <laughs> so. Pain plants the flag of reality into the heart of rebellion. That's All right. A, that's, a, that's our banner cry. Let's, uh, let's sign off. Why don't you sign everybody off, and we'll be back in the next episode and talk a little bit more about the uh, parenting prodigal's dilemma. <laughs> You're always welcome, if you're listening, to come join us at the tribe here in, in Birmingham. Um, and we we would love to just have you check us out on our website, um, prministries.org. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to always call me. That, uh, my door is always open.